Hi, I'm Nick Warren, and welcome again to the iLearn podcast. Dr. Alan Watkins is a neuroscientist. He has spent his career using the principles of neuroscience and psychology to help leaders develop their skills. In this iLearn podcast, Alan talks about the I, we, and it of leadership, and how, in getting these in balance, we'll evolve as leaders. You'll be pleased to hear that Alan will be a regular contributor to iLearn, First Quantum's new corporate university, when it launches later in the year. But until then, we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Hello, I'm Dr. Alan Watkins, co-founder and CEO of Complete, a leadership consultancy that works with over 100 multinational corporations in all market sectors, in all geographies around the world, including some work a while back with the leaders at FQM in Zambia and Mauritania. I originally trained as a physician, but I also have a degree in psychology and a PhD in immunology, and I ended up in neuroscience research before leaving medicine about 25 years ago. And I'm passionate, given that background, on understanding how human beings really function, from their biology to their behaviour. In our work with leaders over the last 25 years, we've been exploring what really helps them to develop and become much more effective in their ability to lead others. And I want to share with you a few things that we've learned that you can apply to your own life. I want to start by sharing some research we did a few years ago where we interviewed 500 of the world's best leaders, from Michael Dell in America to Jack Ma in China to Richard Branson in the UK. And we went and spoke to all these CEOs and we had a single question. What is it when you think about your company that you really pay attention to? And we had a view that there were actually four things they really should be paying attention to. But what we discovered is that most CEOs, most leaders all around the world tend to focus most of their time on one single thing. And that's the commercial performance of their business. So if you think of a a four box grid, so a two by two matrix, if you will, in the top left hand box, we put the commercial performance. So it's all the actions and tasks that a leader needs to do to make the business work, to drive the top line growth and revenue of the business, and also the bottom line profit. So most of these global CEOs spent most of their time just focused on that. Why? Because that's why leaders get hired to drive growth and performance and revenue and profit. It's also why they get fired. So if you don't deliver your numbers, you're out. So, not surprisingly, most leaders spent most of their time thinking about that. But what was interesting is one or two leaders didn't just obsess about that on a day-to-day basis. A few of them spent quite a bit of time thinking not only about this year's performance or this quarter's results. They spent their time thinking well into the future. And interestingly, in the mining industry you're kind of forced because you're having to make very long-term bets and long-term investments. So we saw in the mining sector that some of those leaders thought a lot more about the future than, say, your average retail CEO. So the best leaders thought not only about the performance this year, but about how to build out the future of the company. And that basically boils down into five concepts, which is what is the vision for a company like FQM? What is the ambition? How big does FQM really want to be? And that ambition can be measured in terms of the number of mines, the number of operations, 
the number of people in the workforce, the size of their profitability and so on. So that's the ambition. How big do we want to be? And what will the world look like when we get that big? That's the vision. But also some companies that consider their purpose in the world. Why do they exist? So many companies know what they're doing, but very few really have a clear idea of why they're doing it. So what is the purpose of FQM? And I know from having worked with FQM that there's a nicely articulated purpose, but many companies don't have that. In addition to vision and ambition and purpose, all companies need a strategy. And a strategy are the five choices, largely, that will give us a competitive advantage. Where do we place our focus that enables us to grow the company, the revenue, and our contribution to the world? What are those five bets? And it's been amazing over the years working with leaders around the world is the quality of strategic thinking is pretty variable in all industries. And the fifth phenomena in that top right-hand quadrant, the quadrant we call market leadership, how do we become a market leader, is governance, which is basically how we run the company. And a quick way of thinking about governance is who decides who decides. So who's making the calls? Is it the CEO? You know, is it the head of the mine? Is it the workforce? Who's actually making the decisions and why? So to build out the future, all companies need a clear vision, a clear ambition, a clear purpose, a clear strategy, and effective governance. They're the big five of market leadership. So in talking to all these global CEOs, most of them spent nearly 100% of their time on those two issues of commercial performance and market leadership. But there were one or two who thought about something else that the others just simply didn't think about very much. One or two of these 500 global CEOs also talked a bit about culture. So that's not what we're doing in the world. The top two quadrants could be considered as the objective, rational world of doing, of task and targets and goals and metrics. What do we do, short-term and long-term? A few leaders talked not so much about doing, but how we related to each other. The culture, the values within the business, the quality of the team, the interpersonal dynamics, the level of trust, the level of transparency, the level of openness. These are cultural phenomena. So if we characterize the world of doing as the world of it, what is it that we're doing? This other world, the interpersonal world of relating, could be considered the world of we. The world of we. What's happening between you and the other human being in that interpersonal dynamic? Now, there's a whole different set of phenomena in the world of we than the world of it. And what was most surprising about this research that we did was very, very few leaders thought not about the bottom left-hand quadrant. So again, the top left quadrant is the commercial performance, short-term it. The top right-hand quadrant is market leadership, long-term it. The bottom right is interpersonal dynamics and culture and relationships, the world of we. But the bottom left was virtually empty for all these leaders, which is ironic because the bottom left is really where leadership starts. 
And the bottom left is your personal performance as a leader. And very few leaders thought about that at all. And that's the world of I. Who am I as a human being? Who am I as a leader? And that's really where the leadership journey should start. So there are these three dimensions, the dimensions of I, we and it. And these three dimensions exist in every moment of your life. Even right now, there are these three dimensions. So what are you doing right now? You're listening to a podcast. And while you're listening, you may be having some thoughts and ideas about what I'm saying. That's your I. That's the interior world of you as a human being. And also, we're relating to each other. Even though I may have recorded this some time before you listen to it, there's a relationship as I'm reaching out and sharing some thoughts and ideas with you a relationship would build between you and I. That's the we dimension. So in every moment of your life, there are three dimensions. So the first realisation when we work with leaders all over the world is that your life is not one-dimensional. You're not human doings. Your life doesn't just exist in the world of it. It also exists in the world of I and we. You're actually three-dimensional human beings. And so what we encourage leaders to do is to think about all three dimensions. So every problem that you face as a leader has these three dimensions. There are human beings turning up to do the work. And sometimes they turn up annoyed and angry and frustrated. And sometimes they turn up happy and content. So that being, how they're being on a day-to-day basis, will alter their performance. And how they relate to each other. Sometimes there's unrest in a workforce. And of course that will impair performance. And those getting on, those relationships, those we dynamics are completely separate to what we're doing. Which is mining copper or nickel or ore or whatever. So there are these three dimensions. I, we and it. In every moment of our life. So leadership is really about becoming more sophisticated in the I, more sophisticated in the we, and more sophisticated in the it. And so we describe this as the fourth dimension of leadership. What is the level of maturity or sophistication you bring to the I, you bring to the we, and you bring to the it? So to be a truly great leader, you have to focus on how sophisticated am I on the inside? How mature am I? What is the level of sophistication of my thinking? What is the subtlety and quality and nuance that I can bring to any problem? What is my emotional regulation like? Am I turning up angry and frustrated every single day? Or am I turning up optimistic and determined? So how I'm being while I'm doing what I'm doing is terribly important. And what is the quality of trust between me and other leaders, and me and the workforce? What is the level of openness and transparency? What is our morality? What are our ethics? Those are all the we dynamics and we relationship issues. And we can improve the quality of trust. We can improve the quality of openness and transparency. And as we do, we're developing more sophistication or more altitude or more depth 
in the we. So the first great insight for all leaders is leadership is really four-dimensional. In fact, I've written a book called 4D Leadership, which details this whole story. If I can develop me and we can develop us, then what we're doing becomes much easier. So that's where the journey starts. And it's been very interesting as we've gone around the world trying to help leaders in all market sectors and all geographies to develop themselves. We often ask them, who do you think is probably the most influential leader, alive or dead, in the last hundred years? And we take a quick poll. Who's had the greatest impact? And interestingly, the person that comes top of that list every single time anywhere in the world is Nelson Mandela. Now, if we look at the story of Mandela's life, it's very interesting because for 26 years, he couldn't do anything in the world. He didn't have many people to relate to. So what he did is he cultivated his being, his interior, his I. And as he did that, when he finally was released from Robben Island, he was able to do some incredible things in South Africa. And actually, his influence reached way beyond South Africa to the rest of the world. And there's no surprise that when you spent 26 years cultivating your inner leader, your inner sophistication, your inner maturity, when you have the opportunity to relate to people and to do things, you can have a massive impact. And I just want to give you one other example. When we go around the world working with leaders, we also ask them, tell me about the most powerful leadership speeches in history. And which do you think is the most powerful leadership speech in history? And at the top of that list comes Martin Luther King's dream speech. And that's the top of the list, whether we're talking to leaders in China, whether we're talking to leaders in Australia, in Mexico, in North America, in Europe. Martin Luther King's dream speech, probably the most influential leadership speech of all time. And if you look and analyse what Martin Luther King said, he said, I have a dream. He didn't say, there is a dream. He didn't say, you have a dream. He said, I have a dream. So he started with I. And then he said, that we Americans are going to do this. So when you analyse Martin Luther King's speech, he moves effortlessly between I, we and it. I have a dream that we Americans are going to do this. I, we, it. So that's the foundation of really outstanding leadership. It's four-dimensional. And so if I can encourage you to think about your own life, about the three dimensions of I, we, and it, and the fourth dimension, which is what is the level of sophistication and maturity you bring to the I, you bring to the we, and you bring to the it. And how do you evolve as a leader, as a human being in your I? How do you improve the quality of your relationships in the we? And how do you get better at doing what you need to do? And if you focus on the I and the we and the it, you'll become a much better leader. I hope that helps. It's been lovely talking to you. That's it for this week's episode. Everybody involved in the podcast gave their time for free. For future episodes, you can find the iLearn podcast 
on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. Thanks for listening and see you next time.